Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of your Brains Coach podcast. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm your host, I'm your Brains Coach, and it is my job here to bring to you, as usual, all the best recent cutting-edge, most effective, most useful brain-body tools so you can take better control of your brain, of your body, to feel, look, and do your absolute best, and to create the life that you truly desire. Today, folks, we are talking about eating and all the non-obvious behaviors or lifestyle choices or circumstances that we end up living in our life that affect our eating behavior. And subsequently, it affects everything else in our lives because the quality of food, the quality of our nutrition, it's not just the quality of our fuel and how much energy we have day to day, moment to moment. It's also what we are built off. It's also the quality of our thinking. It's also the quality of our emotional responses. It's the quality of our decisions. It's the quality of our life, quite literally. Um, You know, today I went to this fitness class um, at least once a week. I try to do social fitness, right? Fitness or exercise movement with other people. And uh, one of the people there asked me, like, what are you eating? You always look so strong and so fit and so determined to finish no matter what exercise the instructor tells us to do. Like, what are you eating? And uh, I'm sharing this with you because... uh, This is kind of uh, almost obvious that what we put on our plates will determine how we show up for our lives, for our work, for our uh, whatever responsibilities we have in life, whatever visions and ideas we are working on building. What we eat will define um, how we look, feel, and yes, do absolutely everything in our lives. That being said, sometimes we make lifestyle choices or life choices, or sometimes we don't learn certain skills of self-management that make us choose not necessarily the right foods, uh, make us make not the right eating decisions. And then that it's kind of like a vicious cycle. Then it affects how we feel, our energy, our emotions, our responses, our thoughts, our decisions that affects everything else downstream in our life. So how do we make, how do we avoid making those lifestyle and eating choices that down the stream silently affect our eating choices and that downstream silently affects our entire life. So for a silent asses, uh, and so, you know, now that I pronounce it, it sounds kind of funny, um, but what are those? Just uh, yesterday, I read a new article that was published literally a couple of days ago. Uh, I read it in neurosciencenews.com on the website, but it was published is it was published in Nature Communications and uh, quite a an amazing and well respected journal. And the study, the research comes from Virginia Tech College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, which is not that important. What's important is that the cool research that they did connecting stress, unmanaged stress, 
with our eating behavior, specifically overeating and our tendency to be more sensitive to highly palatable. Uh, in this study, they specifically research high-fat foods. So what they did in mice, not in people, you wouldn't be able to do this research in mice, but they stressed out the mice. Uh, they actually exposed it to certain odors that are stressful to mice, um, some predators or something. And uh, they measured the stress that the mice experienced um, in whichever way they, they measured it. And then they uh, observed overeating behavior and a specific sensitivity to high-fat foods. And they also noticed that a specific molecule was released during that stress episode that made mice overeat. Well, they don't know if it makes mice overeat, but it was there every time the mice was stressed and started overeating. Then what they also did, they stimulated brain regions with this molecule without the stress, and that also caused overeating without the stressor. And then also they blocked this molecule artificially and then they stressed the mice. And so the mice did not uh, start overeating. So that suggests that this molecule that is produced, released in hypothalamus that actually regulates eating behavior, the brain region, it suggests that that molecule is critical signaling molecule for making uh, at least mice in these studies overeat when stressed. And of course, mice don't have um, stress management uh, tools, but we humans did develop those and we can use them to counteract this mechanism that probably also works in humans. So what's been observed in human studies is when people have chronic stress, unmanaged stress, when people stress, there is a huge tendency to overeating and overeating on highly palatable, highly high-fat, highly high-calorie food. And when I work with my clients, uh, with clients who have tendency to overeat when they're stressed, I always make sure that we learn simple stress-lowering technique, um, breathwork, specific breathwork, physiological side, uh, before it was just prolonged exhale-focused breathing. And now scientists, researchers found out that physiological side is actually more effective at calming our nervous system down and bringing it closer to rest in digest state instead of fight or flight, the stress response. So double inhale, long exhale, do this two, three times and your stress, the stress that your nervous system experiences will be lowered. And you're probably not going to have that much of that molecule circulating in your brain, making you overeat. I can tell you from my personal experience as well, for me, overeating has always been caused by stress. And once I learned how to manage my stress and lower it on demand with certain breath work, for example, there are also other tools like framing, um, situation in different way, labeling, writing it down, of different tools, you know, going for a walk in nature. But breath work is just faster and more readily available. And what I notice in my personal experience and coaching clients, that is a very, very, very effective tool um, 
for preventing very often and managing overeating caused by stress. And so now researchers might discover this stress overeating molecule in our brain. And now they're talking about different therapeutics, perhaps um, <clears throat> either some pills or perhaps some technological solutions to regulate that molecule to help people to not overeat when they're stressed. Even though in my perspective, like what if we just help people to learn more stress management techniques? Wouldn't that be easier, right? But the takeaway of this study and research, stress does cause overeating and seem to be doing that via specific molecule and mechanism in the brain. All that to say, stress does uh, in a lot of people cause overeating. And so if you know that when you're going through a lot of workload, a emotional stressors or feeling uneasy or you're going through any challenging moments in your life and you tend to overeat, then perhaps it's time to learn breath work. Again, double inhale. <sighs> kind of like what you do when you cry. Also, you can look up Andrew Huberman, Physiological Sigh, and there's going to be a real, <clears throat> very short video under one minute where he himself, Andrew Huberman, star neuroscientist from Stanford, um, shows how to do Physiological Sigh. So this is the first silent S that causes you to make not optimal food decisions, and that downstream causes you to experience different emotions and uh, have different thoughts and make decisions not in the best way. So stress. The second one is sleep. Sleep in many human studies and research have been associated with a with tweaking our eating behavior. So when we shortcut our sleep, the next day across the board for most of the normal human beings. What happens is our hormone like ghrelin that makes us hungry, leptin that makes us feel satisfied, they dysregulate it. That ends up making us want to overeat, overeat more processed and high calorie food. Um, usually on average, people end up being hungrier for two to 300 calories from not the best possible food choices. And of course, over the course of uh, weeks, months, and years, that can end up to quite a lot. So usually, your body is designed to maintain great health, and weight management is one of those aspects of great health. But when we don't manage our stress, when our sleep is crappy all over the place, the schedule, the amount, the quality, that gets dysregulated. And so now, instead of maintaining homeostasis or balanced weight, your brain doesn't do a good job because of all these different factors for silent asses, right? So the Second S is sleep. When your sleep is regular, poor quality, you don't get seven to nine hours of sleep on a regular basis then you might be overeating by two to 300 calories every day. And as you can imagine, that will end up in a lot of health problems, self-image and uh, uh, thoughts and emotions that and decisions that are also not that beneficial in your life. So what can you do? Well, prioritize sleep. If you're on a regular basis consistently, you just 
don't prioritize your sleep and you always shortcut it. So expect negative consequences, even if it's not going to be weight and eating behavior for you. There might be other consequences from behavior decision making to emotional regulation to just cardiovascular disease, more cancer or worse immune system. I'm not here to scare you, but those are things that are recorded, recorded in research that negatively um, affect everything else in your life. So what can you do? Well, if prioritizing your sleep, number one, whenever you have a chance and have any say in your sleep schedule, like if you're not a parent who has to wake up uh, or there is some other life circumstance, if you have the control of your schedule, then prioritize sleep. That is number one. Number two, if you had one night of poor sleep or you, you know, you're going to have a couple of nights of poor sleep, take naps really monitor what you put on your plate and make the best possible choices, even though it's going to be the hardest. I recommend planning in advance and sticking with the plan no matter how you feel. Because also what happens, your metabolism doesn't work that well when you shortcut your sleep. So the worst possible food choice is going to have the worst worst possible effect on your health. So what can you do? Yeah, you can plan in advance and stick to the plan no matter what. Make undesirable choices as unavailable as possible. The second thing, take naps. Even a 10 to 20 minute nap will make a difference. When I don't have a good night of sleep for one reason or the other, I'm like, okay, where can I do this non-sleep depressed protocol, Yoga Nidra, again, popularized by Andrew Huberman, very good and restorative for all our bodily and cognitive functions. So I either do that for 10 minutes or have a 20 minute nap. And especially if my hunger starts ramping up and my anxiety for some reason also starts growing, which can happen when you don't get good sleep. Then I just take a nap, 20 minutes. I set a schedule, do my best to organize the environment, take that nap. And I call it an early night because uh, all my studying and all my work are just not going to be of great quality. So I make it an early night and wake up early if I need to get something done. So those are some of the strategies that you can use, napping, yoga nidra, um, making it an early night, uh, having a really strict plan about your nutrition on the day and making poor choices as unavailable as possible. Don't go out to some buffet exposed to a lot, a lot of different exciting and caloric food choices. So just stay put, make it early night, take naps, uh, stick to your nutrition plan, uh, eliminate all the other possible choices. That's how you can counteract the negative effect of uh, poor sleep. But of course, if it's consistent thing, it's going to be very hard to impossible to counteract those negative effects and control your food intake all the time. So this is the second silent S. The third and the fourth kind of come together, schedule and sunlight. And it all, you know, when it comes to research, the consequences of having your eating schedule all over all over the place, not eating regularly, eating in the times when human beings are supposed to be chilling and go preparing themselves for sleep or sleeping, basically eating eating closer to night time or 
at night, uh, eating in or on a schedule that is not regular. Also, not viewing sunlight at specific times, like in the morning, during the day, and exposing yourself to artificial light, a lot of it, and unmanaged from devices and in your environment. This come together usually in the research on shift workers, nurses or firemen, the ones that are usually used people who consistently uh, either, you know, eat on, well, not either, but they usually do both. Expose yourself to the light at all the wrong times with all the wrong choices. And the same with food. They tend to have more food in the times when human beings are supposed to be sleeping and resting. And so what they found is people have much harder time controlling and staying in their normal weight. Uh, People's health suffer in all the different possible ways from heart disease to uh, cancer to immune system. Everything starts to function worse. What they also noticed, that was a study done on firemen, the one that I specifically remember, is that when they try to regulate um, things like exposing yourself to certain light at beneficial to human being times, like more sunlight during the day whenever it's possible, less light intensity during the night. When they fed firemen specifically on a schedule that is uh, time-restricted and closer to regular feeding time for a human being, meaning during the light hours, right? Perhaps before their shift or early at the beginning of their night shift, or usually they actually work like the full day, 24 hours. So feeding at the right times and on a regular schedule, uh, and then modifying their light environment actually helps to counteract a lot of those effects. And, um, I don't specifically remember if they completely eliminate negative effects, but the effects, the negative effects of those dysregulated uh, circadian behaviors, they're much, much less. So what I'm trying to get to you, two less silent assets that will affect your eating behavior and your health outcomes and your weight in not in a positive way, two silent assets are not viewing light and the right kind of light at the right times. Like ideally you want to get a lot of sunlight, natural light outside in the morning, especially that's when it's crucial, critical, and super important. Then during the day, get as much sunlight as possible. And at night, manage your artificial light environment from the light in your apartment or wherever it is you're going out to the light from your screens. Install solutions that block that bright and blue light on your phone, on your laptop, on your tablet, uh, on your TV. Almost all of these devices have even inside of them this light mode night shift or something similar that protects your eyes, eyes from the from the harmful kind of light at night. So use those. Then when it comes to eating behavior, eat on a regular schedule and at specific times, like have your breakfast, lunch, and dinner on specific schedule will help you to regulate your behavior. And also do not eat at night that your microbiome or your metabolism has its rhythm. And so 
we human beings are designed to metabolize our food and digest and absorb and deal with other, you know, things related to food digestion, absorption, elimination, etc. on a certain schedule. Certain things function and supposed to be functioning better and well during the day and not at night. And so when you do your best to be on a regular schedule, when with your food, with your breakfast, with your lunch, with your dinner, be on a regular schedule with your sun viewing and eliminating artificial light at night, you do so much better, not just with your food choices and your hunger and appetite control, but also with how you distribute that fuel, what you put into muscle, what you put into fat storage, and all the other metabolic and health markers get much better. Like our brain, our body, they love regularity. They love this sun cycle, 24-hour day and night or wake and sleep cycle. And whenever we do something aligned with our natural biorhythms, everything starts to work better. You can even get away with so many more things or uh, unfavorable or uh, suboptimal food choices when you actually follow this natural rhythm installed in us by nature to the best of your ability. And so let's sum up uh, four silent asses that affect, first of all, affect your food decisions and the second affect how that food works in your body, whether you create optimal body weight and fuel distribution to muscle and to fat uh, optimally, or you make everything else worse from your food choices to how you, how much energy you have, your emotions, your thoughts, your uh, the consequences you have in your health and regulation of your body weight. So four silent S's, unmanaged stress, and here we talked about using your breath as a tool to control the state of your nervous system, fight or flight, or rest and digest. And by the way, folks, everyone, everyone experiences stress in their life and high workload. And there are so many things that will stress you out. But your ability to lower that stress as you go effectively will define whether that stress will have a positive consequences, helping you adapt to the challenges or uh, a lot of negative consequences, making you weaker and actually less resilient and adaptable to the stresses and challenges of life. So manage your stress. And one of the best ways to do that is breath work. Physiological side, two, three uh, cycles a few times per day. I usually do it before each meal. And then probably every couple of hours, I just do it to make sure that I don't have that tension and my nervous system is calm most of the time, which uh, helps to, of course, then make better choices, not just food choices, but also all the other decisions. So for stress regulated with breath work, there are other ways again, but breath work is just the most available, easy and effective. Number two, sleep. Do your best to prioritize your sleep. Same schedule, seven to nine hours uh, at your best possible time, whichever works for you. Uh, shoot for high quality by not eating too late, not consuming too much caffeine and not consuming alcohol. I've, number four, number three and four, we have schedule of your meals. 
and sunlight and of course managing artificial light so four silent asses that will help you make better food decisions not only that but also those food decisions will be will create better health and weight outcome than when you allow all these silent non-obvious behaviors just go uh, go as they please right in our environment our world will create chaos in those behaviors if you let them so prioritize use science use all these tweaks and tools that are available to you and see how naturally your eating behavior improves your state of health improves and yes it's going to be so much easier for you to lose and maintain optimal body weight you just going to be feeling the exact way you need to maintain great habits. It's not about willpower. That's what I'm trying to get. It's about setting your body up for the best possible conditions so your brain makes you make the best possible choices, even without you having to think about that or use any amount of discipline or willpower. Hope this was very useful. And don't forget, folks, if you are finding these episodes useful and they're helping you and you're learning, please do share. We all want other people to do better, right? Your friends, your relatives, your family, your kids, your spouses, your parents. Teach them. And the best way to teach, of course, through example, but also give them this podcast. Share with them that podcast because often people that we love, uh, people will teach, will learn better from other sources, not directly from us. And then we can just share what we learn and practice what we learn together. So please do share. Also, please review and uh, write uh, readers on different podcast platforms because that also helps this podcast to go to many more people around the world. So let's make the world a better place by sharing good information. And that being said, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate your time and attention, folks. Take care of those four silent asses. See your eating behavior improve and with that all aspects of your life as well. Have an awesome day. Talk to you very soon.